Hey everybody, welcome to the first episode of This is XFL. I'm your host, Cody D. NXFL was founded in 1999 and made its debut in 2001, less than one week after Super Bowl 35. For just a single season, consisting of eight teams divided into divisions, Eastern and Western, the season ended with the Los Angeles Extreme winning a championship game between San Francisco Demons. This 50-50 partnership between WWF and NBC cost both $35 million of their $100 million investment, while viewership initially exceeded expectations in the beginning. The league quickly developed a negative reputation due due to connections to professional wrestling, overall quality of play, and a presentation that didn't measure up to viewers' expectations. Compared to network football telecasts at at the time, chairman and CEO of WWF, now WWE, I should say, Vince McMahon, Maintain control of the XFL brand is set to revive a new league set to play in 2020. The rebooted edition of the XFL will kick off week one on Saturday, February 8th, where the Seattle Dragons will host the DC Defenders. Eight teams divided into two divisions. East and West will compete in a 10-week regular season game. With games on both Saturday and Sunday, playoffs begin on April 18th with the championship on April 26th. All right, now... It's time to go over the rule changes for the XFL compared to the NFL. All right, let's start with kickoffs. So, the spot of the kickoff will be set at the Kickings Team 25-yard line. By design, should encourage kick returns, members of the kicking team will line up at the 35 and 30 respectively. Only the kicker and the returners can move until the ball is either caught or three seconds after the ball hits the ground. Kickoffs that go out of bounds or fall short of the opponent's 20-yard line will be spotted at the kicking team's 45-yard line. Talk about more pressure on the kicker. Two types. There are two types of touchbacks, a major and a minor. A major touchback occurs. A major touchback occurs. When a kick travels into the end zone in the air, which would give the receiving team the ball at their 35. A minor touchback occurs when the ball bounces into the end zone, which would result in the receiving team taking possession at their 15. Teams can request to attempt an onside kick under conventional kickoff rules. All right, and now, since we got over the kickoff, it's time to go over the punts. 
The XFL will not allow gunners. There are some of the fastest guys who get to kick or punt return. First, generally, they are well ahead of the punter or kicker in conventional football rules. In the XFL, all players must remain on or behind the line of scrimmage until the ball is kicked. The coffin corner punt would be treated as a touchback and brought to the 35-yard line. By design, the punt coverage is sort of neutralized and should encourage more fourth-down conversion attempts. The same touchback rules for kickoffs also applies to punts. Now that we went over kicks off and punts, kickoff and punts, it's time to go over the point after touchdown. As there is no extra point in this one, the extra point kick will be placed with a scrimmage play. And this will vary in in points depending on how far the touchdown scoring team chooses to take the snap from the goal line. A two-yard attempt will be one point, one extra point. A five-yard attempt would score two extra points, and a 10-yard attempt would score three extra points. All right. Now, another thing to talk about is the double forward pass, which will, this is how it works. Teams will be able to attempt to forward pass on the same play as long as the ball never crosses the line of scrimmage before the second pass. This should be interesting as I think you could see some very long snap shotgun situations with a QB making a short blop pass to another passage looking to hit play dirt deep. All right, not only that, overtime is going to be totally different also from the NFL, and here's how. So the XFL overtime will be decided by a five-round shootout of two-point conversions, sort of like a shootout in soccer or hockey. The defense is not able to score. If a turnover occurs, the play would be dead. A penalty on the defense will result in the ball moving up to the one-yard line. While a second defensive penalty on any play, even in future rounds, will result in the score automatically awarded to the offensive team. In the interest of time, both teams, offense and defense, will be respectively respectively on either side of the field. So you don't have to wait while teams change end zones between rounds. If both teams remain tied after five rounds, multiple rounds of conversions will be played until one team succeeds. All right, and now another thing to talk about. Well, I'm so excited for this one. is clock change. Outside of the two-minute warning, the clock will run consistently. During this time, the clock will only stop during a change of possession. <clears throat> Can't wait to see the pressure on offensive coordinator to keep 
plays in a timely manner. Controlling the clock could be the key to the game. At the two-minute warning, the clock will stop after all plays from scrimmage until the ball is spotted and will revert to NFL rules where clock stops on incomplete pass, advancing the ball out of bounds, or the QB spiking the ball. The play clock will be 25 seconds measured from the time the ball is spotted. The NFL standard is 40 seconds, so once again, the offensive coordinator will be busy. All right, now let's talk about who's got time. Timeouts will be eliminated will be limited to two timeouts per half instead of three. Instant replay reviews will be limited to 60 seconds. No coaches challenge. Sky Judge will ornate all reviews, and there will be a 10-minute halftime. All right, now for the official word. A special, a special ball judge will be used to speed up the placement of the ball. They will have nine officials on the field. A new crawl the tap penalty imposed on individual players instead of the entire team. A player who commits a foul not serious enough to warrant a flag will be sent off the field for one play. That player can be substituted. This should help limit some of the post-play antics. Penalty enforcement will place priorities will place priority on fouls that poses threats to player safety, less emphasis on protocol violation to reduce the number of unnecessary game-slowing penalty calls. Now, it's time to figure out who's got the ball. The XFL ball will be traditionally in color. However, each ball will have the team's name in matching colors at either side end of the ball. There will be no coin, no coin toss as the home team will get to choose of kickoff or receive or defer to the second half. In the event of an overtime, though, the visiting team will be given a choice of going first or second and choosing which end zone. All right, those are just some of the highlighted rules. There are many others that I'm sure you will figure out on your own as you watch. And I could go on and on with the boring stuff. Now let's discuss the teams. Teams of the West. As there will be four teams in the West, and one of them includes the Dallas Renegades, led by former University of Oklahoma head coach Bob Stopes, Houston Roughnecks, hailing from the home of NASA's Mission Control Center and led by June Jones, formerly of the CFL Hamilton Tiger Cats. All right, Los Angeles Wildcats now. At the helm is Winston Moss, 
former Green Bay assistant and linebacker coach. And now, the last team in the West, Seattle Dragons. Hailing from the beautiful home of the NFL Seattle Seahawks, led by former Seahawks greatest 1976-1984 quarterback Jim Zorn. Now, Team of the East. And once again, this is going to be for more teams. D.C. Defenders. Hailing from our nation's capital of Washington, D.C. and led by coach Pep Hamilton. New York Guardians. They plan to fill the empty seats of Easter Rushford MetLife Stadium. And they hand the Rens to Kevin Gilbred, former New York Giant offensive coordinator with two NFL championship rings. Now, the St. Louis Blackhawks. Bringing professional football back to the Dome of St. Louis for the first time since NFL's Rams departed after 2015 from the sunny skies of L.A., they will lead, be led by former Cincinnati Bengals tight end coach, Jonathan Hayes. All right, Tampa Bay Vipers now. They will call home the Ray J, also the home of the Buccaneers. Coach Mark Trestman comes over from the CFL Toronto Arnigans and Montreal Alliots, where we won two consecutive Grey Cups back in 2009 and 2010. All right, before we finish this, though, it's time to take a closer look at the matchups for week one. Let's start with the DC Defenders and the Seattle Dragons. As for the DC Defenders, they'll be having undrafted talent, Cardale Jones and Eli Rogers for Seattle. It's B.J. Daniels, and it's going to be all about him. All right. For Los Angeles Wildcats, it's going to be an ex-Lion pass rusher, Devin Taylor, former Baylor Giant Sean Ottoman, some big names, for Houston, Roughnecks are quarterback Connor Cook and wide receiver Sammy Coates. Now, let's, as that will be for the matchup of the Los Angeles Wildcats and the Houston Roughneckers. Now, the Tampa Bay Vipers, as their players to watch will be Aaron Mary and X. UCF Quentin Flowers. For the New York Guardians, they are going to need a bunch of young guys to make a name for themselves and some noise. As this should be very, very interesting to see what they have planned with this team for the New York Guardians. With all these new people. All right, St. Louis Blackhawks. 
as they have former Minnesota Vikings Tyler Henrique and quarterback at quarterback, ex-Washington Redskin Matt Jones, and NFL prospect Carlton Augusto. Last is the Dallas Renegades, where the combos of Bob Stopes and Larry Jones, Landry Jones, will be in question to see how well they can work as a team, as Landry Jones will be the QB in this situation. All right, so that is all on my rebooted XFL teams for now. I am not going to get into the first week matchups just yet, but I plan to review the weekend's action in the next episode. So please listen in for my next episode where I plan to discuss players more in depth, team matchups, and the pensions from the first week of action in the XFL. And make sure to follow me on Twitter and Facebook at ThisIsXFL. Just for fun, my straight-up picks for Week 1 action. Saturday, I'm going to Seattle and Houston. And Sunday, I'm taking New York and St. Louis. I hope you found this information helpful as you prepare for the return of the XFL. As always, thank you for checking in. Thank you for checking me out. And remember, I am Cody D, and this is the XFL.